Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. We are Dr. Just and Dr. Bobby, two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time and doing our best to see our personal glasses as half full. Some days that is much harder than others. On this podcast, sometimes we interview others more knowledgeable than us on different topics to teach us about things we may not know. And other times you're stuck with Dr. Jess and I sharing our knowledge and information. So make sure you hit the, the subscribe button below and follow us on Instagram and join our free Facebook group to stay up to date on all the two gals happening. Um, so Dr. Jess, let's, as we get started today, what is in your glass? So today I'm back on my kombucha kick. It's allergy season time. And so like literally anything I do to help with allergies, somehow it's like if I can have more probiotics, maybe that'll be helpful. I do use my honey and local to my area. Uh, I'm trying to keep it all in check. <laughs> so I don't like maybe it does something. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Poppy, what's in your glass? I have water and I have not done well because this is still like half full. And I went and worked out after work today and I felt a little lightheaded. So I was like, I need to grab that water and I need to start drinking more of it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yep. Hydration. hydration. <laughs> yeah. So, and with us today, we have a, one of my former coworkers. Uh, her name is Dr. Baker. She goes by Brittany Baker. And so she is going to uh, be our guest and our stress awareness week. But first, before you introduce yourself, Dr. Baker, what's in your glass? I have two cups, actually, as per usual. I've got water in my big one, and then I have peppermint tea in the small one. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. So, uh, so, uh, Dr. Baker and I worked together when she was a student. And so she worked in the clinic that I was working in. And then after she graduated, obviously it was a, like no brainer to bring her on board as a therapist. (laughs) And, um, so I was able to have this like, like really fun vantage point of watching her, navigate through all of these like really Mm -hmm. tough points in life um, from a professional level, obviously. And uh, I was just, I was always very impressed at how she handled it. And so that's why I thought of bringing her on for this episode, because in stress awareness, I think one of the things we want to talk about is how stress changes over time. And, and that it's not necessarily something that just you're in this point in time and you've got strategies that work now, but then as you change roles or go through different phases of life, what happens with those strategies? Do they continue to work? Do they not? Do you have to modify? Do you have to pivot? And usually based on the circumstance, there's going to be modifications. And so, uh, so, but first, Dr. Baker, tell us a little bit about, you know, your current role, what you're doing, where you are in life. Well, I am still clinically treating full-time. I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, but I'm currently working in an outpatient clinic in Monroe, North Carolina, um, which is a little bit further south of Charlotte. Um, And I'm kind of treating general clinical practice right now. So I'm seeing a lot of orthopedics, neuro, TMJ. I actually recently got my public health level one uh, training. So I'm doing a little bit of that now too. So balancing like new clinical roles, new state, newlywed-ish, only been married for like a year and a half, um, in a state where I literally don't know anybody. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, what could a go lot on? going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, let's do everything all at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, so when, so let's think about like first, like how has your stress changed from when you were like a student to entering into working in the professional field? Like what was the difference there? I think when you're a student, it feels bigger. Um, this type of stress that you're under, it's very data driven. Like you're always trying to not funk out of school or always trying to pursue this next goal. Or if you're going for residency, get into this program. It's just, it's very objective driven. So it feels bigger because it feels like there's a lot to lose. But then when you transition out of it and you become a clinician or even just entering the professional world, you have other people whose livelihoods are responsible, you're responsible for. So then there's this stress of, you know, I need to make sure these people are better while maintaining my own healthy lifestyle, while maintaining my own personal relationships, making sure, you know, I'm dealing with finances and tax season and buying a car when all my engine lights are on and, you know, all the things that are actually bigger. So you're dealing with bigger things, but somehow it feels smaller than it did when you were a student. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can resonate with that, Dr. Bobby, but I definitely felt like when I was a student, you were constantly under this uh, having to perform at a high level. So mm -hmm. it's like you've got this exam coming and you need to like perform at this really high level every single time. And you're constantly being graded and evaluated. And that's like a whole different kind of stretch is that performance stress, mm -hmm. uh, which is more of that acute stress. It's still chronic because it's over the duration of time that you're in school, but there's like an acuteness to it. That is a little bit less, I think, than when you're in the working world. Yeah, I remember like college specifically, like, and not so much PT school because PT school was pretty laid out for you. But college, it was so stressful of like trying to decide what classes to take. And I did athletics with college. So not only what classes to take, but can I get into the class that is available not during my practice time? And um I just remember those being like so stressful and like you sit there for hours trying to figure it out and work it. And it just seems like now I look back and I'm like, I wish that was my stress today. Like, I wish that is what I was dealing with today. Um, but it definitely is much different. And I think as we change through time, what used to seem like a big deal isn't as much of a big deal anymore. And then I kind of always joke and wonder what in 10 years what am I going to think about what I'm going through right now and you know things like that right yeah I I, I think that all the time when I'm like wait am I going to laugh at myself <laughs> now at my previous self probably <laughs> most likely I will. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard to though yeah I mean like at that time though you have all of these people who are watching you and judging you so even though, you know, being out of it, it seems like those decisions or that kind of stress wasn't as intensive as it is now, you had so many other opinions during that time on whether mm -hmm. or not you were performing at that level or, you know, are you making the right friends? Are the decisions that you're making going to impact you when you're 50 years old? And so it feels very big in that moment because there's so many long-term consequences of the decisions that you make at that time. Yeah. And I think those college years are hard because they're kind of your first years you're doing it on your own you know like in high school you have your parents input you have all of that um when you're starting to do college and starting to make what you know they are big decisions and you're right uh Dr. Baker they're really big decisions but they just feel so overwhelming a lot of it I feel like is also because it's our first time making big decisions it's our first time 
making our own paths and making our own, um, you know, what we want to do, where we want to go, where do we want to be, you know, um, in high, at least for me in high school, those were more dictated by my school or by my parents' suggestions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so while you're in school, what kind of strategies did you implement and how did you, like, how did you see if they were working or not? Like, what was the, was there any like rationale or was it more just survival? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. I would say each year of PT school, um, was different and even undergrad it it just felt like every year that you're in school depending on the type of classes that you're taking extracurriculars you're doing work that you're doing family matters it feels like your strategies change and a lot of times it felt like it wasn't even really intentional like PT school is my most recent memory so I can speak more accurately to that but I remember first year was mainly all gas no breaks it's like I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to the gym at five o'clock in the morning, showering at the gym, eating breakfast on campus, spending all day on campus, going to work, going back to campus, going home, getting like five hours of sleep. And then as expected, you get sick in the middle of the semester because you're not sleeping, not eating, overexerting yourself. And on top of the stress of school that you kind of sit back and you're like, wow, things around me are kind of imploding. So there was never this reflection in the moment of maybe this isn't good for me. It wasn't more like once I'm looking back and picking up the pieces that I'm thinking, okay, maybe sleep is important. Maybe I don't need to be intensely weightlifting five times a week. Maybe I need to step down to three times a week. Um, Maybe going to sleep earlier instead of staying up to cram for this test. Um, So as I progressed through PT school, it felt more like I was getting control of those strategies and using exercise effectively as a stress management instead of being another thing that was burning me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say like I went through a very similar experience in grad school and that's when I think I was almost, I was forced to to have my strategies either work or not work. And mm-hmm. before that it was like, I didn't have to have these strategies work because it wasn't as intense. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing, I, I it was like ridiculous. I I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning studying for an exam and I got a 99 on the exam. Why in the world did I stay up until two o'clock in the morning? Like that didn't make any sense. Right. And like, I sat back and I'm exhausted. You know, you're having to like really retain new information every single day. You can't be tired. And I realized I have to sleep consistently. Like that's my number one right now. And I started with just one thing. I was like, I will. And that's when um, Dr. Bobby and I were uh, study partners and we would go to Starbucks and it closed at 9 PM. So it was like the perfect strategy for us because it like gave us a shut off and it like at nine, we're getting kicked out. Like we shut the place down all the time. <laughs> like, And then from there I would go home you know, like take a shower and then like, for the most part, go to bed by 10. So I could be up at six. And that way I was like getting that consistent sleep schedule. And that alone improved so much for me. Just that, like, what was I doing? Like, why am I like trying to pull an all nighter? This doesn't make any sense. 
<laughs> like it's gonna yeah. beat me up for the rest of the week decrease my immune system make me more irritable dr bobby saw that uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah yeah i think for for me the same like this for me it was i needed to surround my i know i could study well but i knew i also needed to surround myself with others that studied well and wanted to study because i know myself well enough that if I'm surrounded by a group of people that are like, oh, let's go play volleyball instead. I'll be like, ah, okay. You know, like I'll figure out a way to do it. And we're like surrounding myself with people that actually wanted to study and wanted to know the information. But then also accepting, like you said, Jazz, I don't need to go through school with 100%. Mm-hmm. Like uh, 100% on everything I do. If I'm giving my best effort, if I'm learning the material, if I can apply it and apply obviously well but do I need a hundred on every test do I need an a plus on every test no. no and there so that's where like but that was hard you know it's hard you're used to push through you can do it and then it's like no it's okay it's okay if I get 90 it's okay if one test is like that 85 like as long as I'm studying as long as I understand then my mistakes and then can carry that forward um Part of it was learning that there does need to be a balance and it's not while grades are very important it's not all about the grade yeah I do think a lot of grad school is preparing you for entering the workforce and that like you are forced to find your balance and if you don't you're going to fail out and understanding what those important things are is like critical because when you enter the workforce if you don't have that balance, you're never going to be able to provide good quality care. You just, you won't be accessible to your patients because your needs aren't met. So like the more I look back, the more I realize how much that was preparing me to be a clinician and have myself ready to go. So that way I can be, you know, on and actually listening and caring instead of just surviving the day. So it's not about survival (laughs) or surviving. It can be better than that though. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the reality is, is you, you no matter what your profession is, um, we're all in healthcare, but no matter the profession, you don't have to know all the answers. Um, in the real world, you can go look things up. You can admit, I'm, you know, I'm not sure about that. Let me look it up. Let me figure it out for you. Let me get back to you. Like, um, you don't have to know everything every instant. Um, and that's kind of what a lot of grad school was for me was like learning that okay it's okay to not know something go figure it out then once you don't know it yeah I think it's important too to remember when you're in school that the objective measure of your performance isn't always an accurate barometer of how you're actually retaining information there's several moments now where I graduated in 2021 and there's things that'll pop in my brain that I remember from class in on an exam that I maybe got a 75 on that I'm retaining better than some of the classes or exams that I took where I got a 98 on the exam you know so the grade of the test really doesn't matter as long as you're retaining the material and also you know doing well enough to pass but (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, I think just trying to get away from this uh, need to be have perfection and Mm -hmm. realize that like perfection to somebody else and on somebody else's scale is different than what 
you need for your own health. So finding what that balance is. And I, that definitely enters into the work world of having to have everything exactly perfect and saying the very perfect thing to a patient. Or if you're, you know, your boss wants you to submit a proposal for something, having it be absolutely perfect in every way possible. But by doing that, you're running yourself into the ground and beating yourself up. Well, then it's not that there's never going to be any sort of like longevity there. So, it you know, having something where you are able to realize what your boundaries are, what your foundation needs to be, and then fill in your gaps with more knowledge of like, hey, I don't necessarily know the answer to this. If a patient asks me some obscure question, I'm going to say like, you know, I'm not a nutritionist. That's a really solid question. I love that you're thinking that way. Uh, let me go ahead and refer you into a direction where you can actually get a nice solid answer on that. Or if it is a physical therapy question, then obviously I'll do some research. And uh, just realizing that you're not going to be perfect in every way possible to every single person that you encounter. And that's okay. That's like, that's okay. <laughs> that's a hard lesson to learn though. You feel like you're letting them down. You want to like, oh, I don't know. I feel like this is a quiz and I should know the answer. And I mean, I don't know. Good question. <laughs> Great. I love that. I, like, I feel like people respect that honesty, though, and they're going to listen to what you have to say more. Like for me, example, if I'm talking with someone and they're like, you know, I'm not sure. Let me look it up. Like I am going to I don't want to say trust their opinion more, but I will put more thought into what they're saying versus someone that just every time you talk to them and ask them about anything, they know everything. You're like, then you start having that little doubt. So I think there's some power in admitting things you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it keeps your, I think that acute stress in the situation pretty much isn't there anymore because you're not mm -hmm. getting stress that you don't know. You're like, Oh, we can figure that out. Like I can use deductive reasoning skills, <laughs> which I have <laughs> really worked on through all of my training. <laughs> And apply these deductive reasoning skills to the situation. So then it's like, it doesn't, you know, now you're day to day, you're not getting these, these bouts of this acute stress that's kind of getting yourself all riled up. It's you're kind of keeping yourself a little bit calmer. And then that alone is going to alone, that alone makes for a better day. And if as a new grad, I was always trying to make sure I had the answer and I was really stressed when I didn't have the answer and that would caused me to second guess my knowledge base. And then that would just kind of lead to this cascade of, um, you know, just confidence really. And I mean, I could fake it for the most part, but internally I just wasn't feeling confident. And I think anybody goes through that in a new job. It's just like the worst time <laughs> is awful. Yeah. Like you don't know where to go. You don't know where to sit. You don't know who to talk to. It's completely different expectations. Uh, you're learning the ropes. You're learning the system. I mean, you just don't feel confident and you don't have the answers and you feel like all day long, you don't have the answers. And so it's like, you're just in this acute stress situation all day long. And you're like, oh, I swear I'm not an idiot. I really do. <laughs> Like, what has happened? <laughs> so, I definitely I know. That's to that. Yeah. Yes. My gauge, and it's been my gauge since school, and it's, you know, fresh out of PT school, and then kind of even now, I know when I'm stressed about work, when work follows me into my sleep. 
When I start dreaming about all the things that I'm doing wrong with patients or all the potential worst case scenario outcomes that could happen, I know I'm too, too into work in a negative way that it's impacting Mm -hmm. my ability to be restful for the next day. So that's when I normally have to step back and kind of reassess like, okay, what am I doing during the day that's carrying me home? And what can I do differently to kind of once I shut the door, once I close my laptop, I can leave it there and then be present for myself and be present for my family. Mm-hmm. And that was a hard pill to swallow for a while. Like mm-hmm. the first couple of months I was in school, I was not sleeping. I was waking up every day at like two and four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I forgot to take this person's blood pressure. They're going to the hospital and they're having a stroke because of me. And that's just <laughs> not a way to live. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's probably not true either. So it's what, not true. <laughs> right. So what the logical part of your brain though shut off while you're sleeping. Yes. And so then it's like everything just feels worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what are some strategies you found that work well or don't work well for you? Like when you're ending your day to not bring um, work home with you? the timing of us scheduling this is impeccable because I'm again in a season where it is following me home. (laughs) Um, If you asked me a month ago, I would say things are going really well. I have my little whiteboard up in my room where it's my healthy habit checklist for the day. So things that I want to make sure that I'm doing every day, um, like taking vitamins, walking my dogs, some form of physical activity um, and just getting that satisfaction of hitting a check on the whiteboard next to my bed at the end of the day, like really sparked all the dopamine in my brain. Um, But the stress at work for me has kind of accelerated in the last week to two weeks and it's coming home with me again. And I'm noticing my energy levels with exercise are not present. My ability to pay attention to my spouse is non-existent, not reaching out to friends like I'm supposed to. And I kind of had that realization yesterday And so now kind of having to take time over the weekend to see how can I make next week look different? And I know for me, one of the biggest things is I say yes too much. It's like, oh, you can take this extra person or, oh, you can stay a little late and see this person or come in early or have this meeting or take this student. And I just kept saying yes to where now my cup is just completely drained. And so my goal for next week, and I've already been doing it with my schedule is saying no. Like, I can't fit this person here. I need to block this so I can have downtime to catch up on my notes. Um, Saying no to activities outside of work if I need to, just to focus on self-care and sleep and exercise and that kind of stuff. Um, So we're in a bit of a lull right now. (laughs) Well, I think it's important to realize, like, it's never always, you know, it's it's a roller coaster. You know, there's it's going to go up and down. And um, even though, you know, you're doing well, you're going to hit those phases where that goes back down and you kind of got to readjust and as Justin, I say pivot and um, pivot a little bit and kind of see through there, you know, okay, let me get myself back. But I think that's normal with almost every aspect of life, not just stress mm-hmm. in general. Exactly. And what I'm hearing, there are boundaries. So like putting up hard boundaries, it's very hard to do. And it's something that is you feel like you're letting somebody else down. However, it's what you have to do in order to be able to keep yourself in the situation that you're in. And so you can continue to do whatever you need to do at a very high level. And I, I mean, I got burned so many times by getting super stressed, trying to get somebody in 
you know, like, like, I mean, I'm like all over the place, not eating lunch, not getting hurt, you know, so many notes at the end of the day, because I'm just like trying to work all these people in. And really, at the end of the day, typically, it wasn't worth it. Like it, it wasn't. And I look, I would look back at the day and go, what? <laughs> like that person really didn't need to come in. They could have handled this with a phone call, you know, with the front desk to like, just give them their home program and ask them to try to do the strategy that I gave them. You know, I, I wasn't holding others accountable, which was putting, it was making it harder on me. And so I was doing the same thing. I was running myself completely ragged and, um, and yeah, just like with my schedule, I, I, you know, I don't, I block for lunch. I have the time of day that I start and I have the time of day that I take the last patient. And if there isn't an opening, there's not an opening. It's simple. Like, and it, it would be great if I could divide myself in two and see more people, but I can't. And if I don't do that, I'm no good for anybody. So I'd rather put those boundaries up and say, this is what I'm able to do so that I can then be with my family. Like I don't drive to people's gyms to do, you know, meet them there to figure out exactly, you know, what they need to be doing. I don't have time for that. Right. Like I, I I have to have accountability that when I educate you that you then can implement that or utilize the people that are there. It's like all sorts of different boundaries that, that I need to have. And so um, that has been huge, even though it's hard and the people look at you like, wait, what? It's like, I'm, I'm one human being. That's all I am. I'm just one. (laughs) And I need to be here for a lot of different people, including myself Mm -hmm. and my family, as well as my work. So yeah, it's tough. And I think, I think boundaries. So in the past, I was in a situation where I worked with um, a few other, very, very few other employees. Um, but the level of care that was provided was very different. And so I felt a lot of guilt because a lot of patients saw and noticed the difference and only would want to be on my schedule. And when you're dealing with people and you're dealing with, um, typically a lot of the patients I saw were very either high trauma or, um, very complex and like it's affecting their lives a lot. And so you, I always felt very guilty for not trying to get them in, trying to, you know, do my best, but man, it was, there was some tough days and you're going home after a 10, 11 hour day and you have four or five hours worth of notes to do. That's like, you know, it got, it gets to a point where you're like, okay, this isn't healthy for me. Like I'm trying to help them. And I was lucky. Most of the patients that I did it for were actually very grateful, but still it, overtook too much of my life yeah yeah and those boundaries are hard it's hard to say no and a lot of times I kind of got looked down upon with management and owners Mm -hmm. um because they saw it as I don't know like I don't know if it's bossy or high maintenance or not making the money you know like but it wasn't it was it it took a lot for me to be like nope my evals are going to be an hour I'm not going to do a half an hour eval with two other patients in the, place, in the room at the same time like I need half an hour or an hour eval and no I'm not going to see four people at one time <laughs> like no I just I can't give quality care at that point and that eats away at you or it eats away at me as well 
know, there was a phase where I was in this window where twice a week I was having a four patients at the end of my day to end my day. And I'm already, I've already worked seven hours in that last hour window. Usually when the cognitive fatigue is already kicked in, I'm dealing with another four people on my schedule by myself. And at the end of the day, I would sit in my car in the parking lot of my job and it was dang near impossible for me to turn it on and drive home because I was so tired. And so my first boundary that I set was I'm not doing this anymore. There's no reason that I should be seeing four people an hour by myself. That's a hard no. And then that's now transitioned to I'm not seeing three people in an hour by myself. That's a hard no. And so drawing those lines of, okay, a double is my capacity. There's pressure from management for me to see more because I was, I said yes before they saw I was capable and they're like, well, why can't you keep doing that? But I just, you know, I'd rather deal with the consequences of me setting a boundary than have to deal with the consequences of me burning out at 27 years old when I have an entire career ahead of me. Mm -hmm. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I have to be able to show up every day and I have to be present every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's where I was in, um, in multiple jobs that I've had in the past where I thought, I mean, I was so close to burned out and like you hear about burnout in careers all the time. And that's a major problem. Like you hear about this burnout problem and, and it's true. Like I would get to lunch and wouldn't want to stay. Because I knew how many more notes I was going to have to write after I was done working. And that's like, it just, because I just didn't have time and the efficiency wasn't built into our system, you know, things like that. I couldn't, you know, complete point of service documentation. And so it just, it, it just, I I just didn't want to, I, I didn't even want to stay for the afternoon. And I thought it was me. I thought I was the problem. And like, if I can't operate in this, in this environment, then it, then what am I even doing? And so sometimes I think once you find your boundaries and you realize what they need to be, then either your environment's going to say, oh, wow, that's healthy. We want to invest in this person. That's like wanting this to run this marathon, or you're going to realize that your workplace is seeing you literally as a sprinter because they're ready to replace you with the next sprinter. And so, you, you know, it's understanding are they only wanting a sprinter and they're, they don't want a, a duration person? Well, that's okay. So then that's not the environment for you. And I've changed my environments because all they wanted was a sprinter and it's completely different. The boundaries are, you know, there and they're like, okay, you know, I mean, nobody really loves when you put up a boundary, by the way, like no, employers <laughs> like thank you so much for putting up that very healthy boundary for yourself, because we really love how present you are with your patients. Uh, I don't know that I've ever heard somebody say that. Uh, I will say that uh, with my employee now, I like congratulate her on it when she like is like, I need to leave at this time because I value this. And I'm like, I love that. Like, is this what's going to help you stay happy outside of work? She goes, yes. It's like, cool. Because I need you doing that. Because if you're not happy outside of work, you're not going to be happy here. So, and I need you happy here. <laughs> so it works both ways. Uh, well, and, you know, I've had so many. Turnover. I don't want her to have that negative experience. Yeah. yeah. And the cost of turnover for an, a company too it's is, expensive. you know, crazy. Turnover but is I think. Expensive. 
I think, you know, you both brought up, you're talking about boundaries and boundaries, I think are a huge part of stress um, and handling stress and really learning how to put those boundaries, not only at work, but everywhere in your life with, um, I think work is hard, but some of the hardest is like family and uh, relationships and friendships. I think those are some of the hardest boundaries to put up. Um, but I think all of them are all really important. And like, really, when you find yourself in a really stressful time, it typically, at least for me, a lot of times it comes from either like a boundary or a big decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so we mentioned boundaries. Um, so Brittany, what are other, you know, you had mentioned like using exercise sometimes in an unhealthy way versus healthy way as stress management. This is more for that, that chronic stress, like long duration stress. Uh, so how have you kind of changed that up a little bit? Um, I used to be very, I used to think that the only way I used to work in a gym, so you have the people who show up religiously, 6 a.m. every day, I'm in the door, Monday, back by, Tuesday, chest try, Wednesday, legs, like religiously. And I tried to force myself into that box so much because I thought it was the only way to be healthy. But there were some times where, you know, if I didn't get good quality sleep, then I'm waking up at six to, you know, lift heavy or lift intensively, and my body doesn't have the capacity to do it. And I felt the ramifications for it. I was getting sick. I had no energy. Um, my lifts were getting lighter. I didn't have energy to do any kind of endurance work. And so I recently, I don't really follow a program. I don't really have a solid plan of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm doing X, Y, Z. It's more so setting aside time every day to do some form of activity and sometimes it's in the morning. I wake up and I have a lot of energy and I can do high intensity stuff then. Sometimes it's in the evening and, you know, I just need to do a slow flow yoga type of situation to wind down from the day and prep me to sleep. So it's transition out of forcing myself into a box and more so listening to my body and what I think my body needs for that day. And it's been a game changer. Like I'm way stronger than I was. I'm in better shape than I was. I'm sleeping better than I was. Like, oh, it makes sense when you listen to your internal cues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say like uh, meeting yourself where you are is mm-hmm. it just no matter what, whether it's with mood, whether it's with exercise, um, hydration, diet, all of that. It's, I think, really making sure that you're having that mindfulness of what is my body telling me? Like I like this morning, I was real tired, like really tired (laughs) and I had intended on going on a longer run and I was like you know what I'm going to hit that snooze button and I'm just gonna like lay here for just a little bit longer and shorten my run and just like give myself a little grace this morning and maybe do a just a shorter run at a slower pace like who am I trying to impress like like I'm not a professional runner. (laughs) Like this isn't my job to run. (laughs) So I did. And, you know, just by giving myself an extra 20 minutes of rest and then got up, I didn't push my pace and I came in feeling so much better and went through my flow with stretching afterwards and like had a much better start to my day. than had I forced myself out of bed, pushed really hard in that run, I could just tell that I was just a little tired. Like not enough that like, I, you know, I'm not sick. I don't feel bad. 
there's just it's been a long week and you know it sometimes by you get towards the end of the week and it's just a little you know <laughs> you're a little sleepier <laughs> what I'm hearing from both of you and you can correct me if I'm wrong is the importance of listening to your body and yes there are times to not do exercise but listening to your body and not just stopping but maybe pivoting what you do and if it's not a hard workout okay I'm still going to do something I still need to move my body there's so many benefits from that alone but maybe I don't you know as Jeff said maybe I don't need to do a 10 mile run maybe a three mile run this morning is just fine Mm -hmm. um you know and kind of decreasing I love how you said yoga um Dr. Baker before that I feel like that is there are different types of yoga out there and there's some of the restorative or some of the a little bit slower yogas that are more mobility um, are so good. They're so relaxing. They kind of help you breathe. A lot of it's breathing too to get into there and help you relax before bed. So what I'm hearing is not to not do something, but to maybe modify what you need to do on mm-hmm. certain days. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think uh, overall with with modifications, and that's like any strategy, like even a boundary, you might have to modify based on, you know, the circumstance. So there might be something where it actually is important that you do X, Y, or Z, you know, it, it is going to be a game changer. Uh, you know, there's times where it's like, I might have to ask my mom to pick up one of the kids from school, uh, because there is something like, I really should get this done. And it's going to like, it's value based. Uh, it's going to, it, it, the values line up with my values in some way, shape or form. Uh, then I'll consider that, that boundary change, but it's going to be like on a case by case basis, just like with my exercises, it's more case by case. So mm-hmm. just because I have a plan doesn't mean that it can't be modified or be fluid. And I think sometimes when we have strategies that are so rigid uh, they almost like keep us from being fluid and navigating life. Uh, so you still, you know, if we don't need a pivot and a pivot's going to hurt us, no, we don't pivot, you know, you keep that boundary. However, just being able to kind of accommodate to situations, sometimes that actually will push you further than if you don't accommodate. Um, so, and like you said, Brittany, now you're stronger. Uh, so mm-hmm. actually yeah. like sometimes backing off a little bit you get improved results interesting <laughs> yeah I've noticed that I think it's helpful too yeah. yeah like I you know we treat pain but I'm also someone who has my own pain and discomfort and aches and pains that I have to deal with and there were times where you know not modifying was exacerbating all those things and it's like okay I need exercise to fix it I need to do this 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 I need to eat this but the more stress I felt about being healthy, be more unhealthy, I was actually being. So it took me stepping back to say, okay, let's calm down. Your body is giving you an alarm that you are not doing okay right now. Something has got to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think with the, uh, you know, diet nutrition is just another thing of where that can actually be helpful for stress when we are hydrating enough eating enough, eating enough of the right things and at the right times of day as well. Because I think we have this like, again, strive for perfection of I will eat this either really strict diet because I'm going to reach this very, very 
goal that whatever this goal might be, or, you know, it might be a maintenance goal, or it might be a weight loss goal, it might be a weight gain goal, depending on the situation. And there still isn't enough pivot in there to modify to the day. Uh, there's just going to be days where like, you need to eat a little bit more, you're just hungrier, it's probably based on what you did the previous days, um, and where you are in hormonal cycles and everything else, uh, time of year, heat, no heat. And I think just how we can keep our bodies as healthy as possible will help us then be able to have the mental stamina and energy to to address the stress on the whatever that might be and situational based versus chronic. Um, so it's it's I think it's it's pretty multifaceted with how you really can enter into your day with intention uh, with like a clear like strategy set up. But like, I guess I always kind of think of my strategy as like not rigid. It's like sand. Like when I stand on it, it can move a little, but it's not going to drop me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the best strategy, like best way to look at it. But in my head, that's kind of how my strategies feel. (laughs) Like movable. That's the Florida in you. Yeah. That's the Florida (laughs) in you. Yeah. Yeah. Love the beach. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so uh, overall, I think this was, uh, you know, really helpful for you to share. I think the more that we open up about like the reality of when we're looking at each other on a day-to-day basis, everybody pr- usually looks pretty well put together, but there's so many struggles that everybody's dealing with that, that we, as we can be transparent and open and honest that like, we don't have it all put together. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> like, like just constantly trying different things and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it's it's going to work for a while and then the situation changes and then you've got to pivot and modify to that and you know strategies that are implemented that should be considered healthy like exercise uh easily can turn unhealthy boundaries can be healthy but can easily turn unhealthy when they're so rigid that you can't really grow with inside of them so it's it's they're important but still need to have room for growth and modification is big time what i've learned in life so um well i would definitely appreciate you coming on and and anybody that has interest in following what we share on a regular basis we are on social media we're on facebook and instagram and we do have a a group called the two gals insiders and so if you are interested in joining the group we have an app that's accessible now so there's all sorts of ideally healthy strategies with exercise nutrition uh mindfulness and mental well-being that are part of the app so uh definitely check us out www uh dash uh, is it www.2-gals.com. <laughs> so, and our challenge this week is to implement one of these strategies and just see how you can accommodate and play with it. Like see if that strategy isn't so rigid, but you can kind of, you know, use it in different circumstances and how it might be helpful. Um, a way of looking back at that is using your journal for your goal setting journal to which we talked about back in January to really kind of give yourself a little bit of room for like set it as a goal to implement the strategy and then come back and revisit what worked and what didn't work so that you can actually use that as growth. So, all right, everybody, stay tuned. Stress is so fun to talk about.